Money FM 89.3, best of the breakfast huddle. Mind your business with the breakfast huddle only on Money FM 89.3. Money FM 89.3. Good morning. It's The Breakfast Huddle with Elliot Danka and Ryan Huang. It is time now for Mind Your Business. Did you know here in Singapore, we've got our own Singaporean luxury leather label? Yeah, it started as a small leather workshop in Florence in 1987. Newly rebranded leather label Toko Toscano is now helmed by a second generation entrepreneur. It's known for its focus on functional design to create versatile leather staples to suit the everyday needs of modern Modern women. The brand's online pivot in 2018 has made the company see 15-fold growth in revenue, and it's now in four markets regionally. And to mark their brand revamp, Toko Toscano has launched its new limited edition Hello Kitty collection in collaboration with Sanrio. So what's next for the company? It should be quite interesting. On the line with me is Joseph Law, who is the CEO of Toko Toscano. Good morning, Joseph. Hi, hi. So the company originated from Florence, Tuscany, beautiful place, founded in 1987. Tell us a bit about the company name. I'm curious, what exactly does it mean? Oh, it means touch of Tuscany. Oh, okay, a touch of Tuscany, very nice. Tell us a bit about the story of how Toko Toscano arrived here in Singapore. I understand your father founded the company. Yeah, so my dad has like a very interesting past. Basically, he wanted to work with leather products and then he went over to Florence to try to learn how to make wallet bags, that kind of stuff. <laughs> and then he founded this company because they had this brand called Toscano okay. back in the day. Yeah, right. I wonder, Joseph, you know, did you, does your father or did your father ever tell you stories about... I'm, I'm guessing, you know, as an Asian, it must be difficult to try and learn the leather trade from someone in Italy. Honestly, I don't even know how, like, they did it back in the day. Because how do you even find a person? There's no Google. Mm. Yeah, you've got to go from shop to shop, probably knocking on the door, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, I'm like, how do you even find a person to learn how to make leather craftsmanship stuff back in the day? But he did, so... He went over and he learned this craft mm. and then found his brand. And then he brought it to Asia, he brought it to Singapore, and that's where it started. It's quite interesting. And Joseph, I'm going to guess that we're probably around the same age group there or about, right? To develop this love for leather, men or women, you would think that usually comes as you grow a little bit older. Tell us a little bit about the brand evolution and how you manage the, the different demographics in terms of your customers. I think in terms of demographics, we're targeting a bit older back mm-hmm. in the day. When I took over, I wanted to like target a slightly younger crowd. Yeah. And that's where we started using like you know, TikTok, IG, social media to target a younger crowd. That's where we've been headed towards. Mm. So yeah. you've taken over the reins of Farmers Business. This was back in 2016. You talked about going to a slightly younger direction. Was this something that you had always planned to do? What were some of the challenges in terms of the transition period? Did your dad come and say, hey boy, you know, you should follow my formula? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you always say that, but... <laughs> you don't listen. <laughs> But I always say, like, hey, what worked in, like, 1992 doesn't work now. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> but it is true, right? But it's also so difficult to find that sweet spot. What was a personal challenge for you? Wow. What was a personal challenge? Uh, mm. So many, right? 
I think anyone that starts a business will know that there are so many personal challenges. Yeah. I think the biggest is rebranding, right? Okay. Like if you're no, if you're even known in a in a store or as a brand, if you're known as an anti brand, right? <laughs> if, or if you're known as like a brand that sells a certain demographic. Yeah. To change that, right? Rebranding, that's always a challenge, lah. Yeah. Yeah. So that was massively difficult amidst like a million other challenges. I mean, we can only imagine, right? So 2018, you, you had this online pivot, but I understand your rebranding efforts took a period of four years. Why so long? I think to become like known as, a, for example, an anti-brand, mm-hmm. it took years also, right? Mm. To change that brand mindset, that branding, it takes years also, what? To change it around, right? Like you go through periods of trying to convince the consumer that, look, this is not an anti brand, this is a right. very good brand, right? right, right we have right. brand quality, we have forward thinking, yeah. and then you do collaborations, you do all these all this kind of things like, to, to try to change the yeah. consumer's mindset. Yeah. You find like uh, young influencers as well. I mean, I'm, I'm looking at some of your products, and obviously you list as a luxury bags. But looking at the colours as well, that must have been uh, quite a challenge because you, you want to find the right colours to appeal to a younger crowd. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Tell me a bit about the thinking behind wanting to collaborate with Hello Kitty. Does that mean you're going for an even younger crowd now? We are still trying to target the same demographic. Okay. Right? So it's like the 25 and above. Okay. We still have an older crowd, which still like Hello Kitty. <laughs> but we want to go younger. And surprisingly, 25 and above, like, they really love Hello Kitty. Oh, yeah. Okay. I mean, I guess this is the era that grew up when certain fast food outlet in Singapore were having all those Hello Kitties with the Happy Meal. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Uh, just looking at your list of collaborations, you've got quite a few interesting ones. What's it like working with Singapore Airlines? That was awesome, actually. So when Singapore Airlines first called me, right, mm. they wanted to do, like, the leather seats of the business class and first class. Wow. The, the leather covers. And then I was like, no, nah, that sounds boring to me. Okay. <laughs> so I said, why can't we do life vests and seat belts instead, right? So convert the seat belts into bag straps and convert the life vests into products rather than just using the, you know, the leather covers of the first class seats. So imagine a life vest, if you're listening right now, you imagine a life vest, the top part of it, the rounded part of it becomes an everyday pouch. Uh, another portion in the middle becomes like a bifold wallet. The branding of that life vest turns into a coaster, property of SIA. And so many more, there's even like a mobile phone bag. This is quite an interesting project. It actually was fun. And, <laughs> and there are quite a few of it that sold out. Yeah, including the, the everything, belt strap. Everything is sold out, actually. <laughs> everything is sold out. I think I, wow. I barely have. I have a friend from Malaysia right, yeah, that yeah. asked me for a product a year ago, and I forgot. Right. <laughs> and then she's like, hey, where's my mobile phone back? Uh, oh, shit. <laughs> well, I guess I want to ask you for uh, one of those uh, seatbelt straps. Uh, this this is so fascinating to me. I am curious, Joseph. So when when SIA decides to work with you, did you go to your dad and say, "Hey, you know that I made it. My vision <laughs> is turning out good because it's no, SIA." No. <laughs> <laughs> Just not quite, but yeah. I mean, you update, yeah, but. Nah, it wasn't quite that. Man, pressure, pressure. What what was COVID-19 like? I mean, because COVID-19 was in that period where you were revamping the company, the brand rather. What was it like? What did you go through? It was tough. 
Mm. But I think because we started before COVID-19, like try and move online, COVID-19 wasn't that bad for us. It wasn't good, but it wasn't that bad. I guess because you're online now, there's that visibility. Is is that a reason? What we saw was that a lot of females purchased a lot of products online I see. during okay. COVID-19. Okay. Not so much males, but more females. And it helped us not die. <laughs> okay. And it's interesting that, you know, coming out of that, now you've got this collaboration, this Hello Kitty one with Sanrio. What is it like to put a collaboration like this together? Do you have to go, like, I don't know, fly to Japan and talk to the owners of it, work out a deal to pay a fee or something like that? Actually, they contacted us. <laughs> no kidding. Wow. How did that yeah. go? They asked if I wanted to do it and I said, okay. <laughs> okay. Okay. And you have, I mean, so many, I'm just looking at the various collections that you have. You have so many ways of, of selling it. One stood out for me in particular, and, and I'm coming from that Singaporean collector point of view, right? You can shop the entire collection bundle. For some of it, you have to pre-order, but price is maybe close to $2,000. How is that doing? Do people actually buy the entire bundle? Yeah. So, I mean, this is why I'm like so shocked. Mm. Because I didn't think that there were... Okay, I knew they were Hello Kitty fans. Okay. Right? But I didn't think they were so fanatic. <laughs> <laughs> that's, yeah, that's probably the right word. Yeah, so they actually do. I thought $2,000, that's a lot of money, right? Yeah, yeah. But people actually do buy that bundle. We call it the collector's bundle. Right. Like a lot more people than I expected. It's amazing the kind of collector's sort of trend that we have here in Singapore. Yeah, and I, I, I wanted to think that it's, you know... <laughs> our designs but yeah. I think it's just more that they're Hello Kitty fans rather than <laughs> we have awesome designs <laughs> I, but I suppose that's the trick right being able to catch on to the right trend the right brand and then you take off together in that sense yeah I think it's a win-win situation for everyone mm. just where do we go from here for Toko Toscano I mean what's in the pipeline for 2023 I can't say that much but I'm hoping to do a sports collab so like no yoga, fitness, that okay. kind of stuff. Yeah. Wow. What about so, the, the bespoke side of things? That must be quite trendy as well, right? The bespoke side of our business is under a separate company. Okay. But it's by Toscano. Right. But yes, it is very trendy. I think people nowadays, they're less like, oh, I want to carry a Prada bag. Oh, yeah, I hope yeah. they. They're more like, I want to carry something that is unique to me. Yes. Something that is my design. I am like the only one in the entire world. So they, they love their stuff. And more and more people are like that versus I want to carry a branded luxury product. Yeah, they want to be unique. It's, it's all theirs. Considering that, you know, people have companies, especially they kind of save costs and all that. How is the corporate gifts side of things doing? I mean, you've got like basic stuff, premium stuff, even bespoke stuff like you get a, like a leather pouch that can keep watches. I, I find that quite interesting, quite fascinating as well. How is this side doing? It's doing very well, actually. And so far, it's been what I call organic. Okay. Right? okay. So organic is like you don't do anything and people come to you to buy it. I feel like we should be putting more effort into all that arm of ours. Yeah. I'm looking at some of your products. I'm a big fan of leather myself. It's quite amazing that you're able to come up really? with... Really? Would you say something? <laughs> Don't tell my boss. Is it hard to find talent or people who want to learn to craft these items? I always wish I could. And I just wonder if people want to take on such a job in today's day and age. Okay, to answer your first question, yeah. it's hard to find talent. Yeah. 
Yeah. In anything, not just a craftsmanship or whatever. And especially in Singapore, where it's not, I don't think it's very sexy. It's not glamorous. Oh, you know what I mean? Okay. Yeah. So it, yeah, of course, even harder. Yeah, we're so driven with the whole five C's thing, right? The idea of crafts. Does this mean you have to look overseas for craftsmen, uh, as I would call them? Yes, mm. definitely. Even for other roles, right? You don't really need to talk about craftsmanship, right? Right. I was trying to find like an IT in-house IT person. I hired in Thailand. Oh wow! So, so even 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 unsexy roles are defined overseas. Right. So I, I get manpower can be quite a challenge. It is, it is. All right. I've been speaking with uh, Joseph Law, the CEO of Toko Toscano. Might be a bit late to find a Christmas gift from them, but if you're looking for something, you can head over, there, head over to their website, tokotoscano.com. Joseph, I appreciate your time this morning. Take care and uh, Merry Christmas in advance. Merry Christmas to you too. To listen to more great interviews, download our podcasts at moneyfm893.sg or download our audio app. That's A-W-E-D-I-O. Available on Google Play or the App Store.